This episode of the Lockdown Nuggets podcast is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers slash Nuggets podcast. This is a, a rare crossover episode where Adam tolerates me for an extra 30 minutes over the course of I his know. work week. Oh, wow. <laughs> Adam, are, are you ready for this? I'm going to talk to you tonight, today. Obviously, we're talking right now. And then again tomorrow. I know it's a little bit of the pregame for for the pregame's not as bad. The postgame will be tough tomorrow. If people don't know, Anthony and I we host Locked On NBA on Fridays, so that that's what he's referring to. So if you're not already listening to that, I highly do. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I guess I highly recommend. I highly it. recommend it. It's a fun show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know you're also there, and then I just tell a bunch of jokes. Um, today, well, it's it's actually for for Locked On Lakers listeners. This is going to be a very Lakers Nuggets centric two days. Adam and I are going to break down the matchup heading into it uh, in this episode. And then uh, Pete and I are going to react post game to the game, uh, you know, after it happens. Adam, I, we'll, we'll start with the, uh, with the look at the matchup from a Denver perspective here. Okay. Aside from, you know, current MVP favorite LeBron James. Is there anything? Is there anything? Uh, you guys, I wish you guys could have seen Adam's face for that. But, but, but is there anything, you know, that 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 makes you think that this game will go significantly differently than the series that we just saw the two teams play only a few months ago? Absolutely, Anthony. And my number one reason is because it is a regular season game. It is not going to be anything <laughs> like I think whatever happened in the playoffs, the Western Conference Finals. I'm talking actually. about like from a basketball perspective, like, you know, taking, you know, are the, are the Nuggets sure. a very different team right now than they were a few months ago? I think so. And I actually think the Lakers are as well. And yeah, this is absolutely. the thing that happens every year where it feels like the same team and the key pieces are there. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Like, oh, it's the same team, but... There is a lot for both teams, but to speak to Denver, there is a lot that's changed on the edges um, that that makes the team meaningfully different. And then also just, you know, last year in the playoffs, Denver was, I think, pretty close to peak form of Jokic and Jamal Murray, although maybe Jamal Murray, the latter in that Western Conference final, starting to run out of steam from back-to-back seven-game series. Right now, I think you have an even higher peak Jokic. He's playing the best basketball of his career, and that's saying something. And then Jamal Murray, who's kind of been like regular, regular season Jamal Murray. So um, I, I do think there's a lot different between between that and, and this one. And I'm more curious just to see it from a Denver perspective. I'm just more curious to see Denver's slow and steady rise as a team more than I am. Oh, how do they match up with the Lakers right right now in January or February? I guess we're in February. I think there's a good chance that both these teams are pretty different by the time they see each right, other again. exactly yep exactly <laughs> so like the, the the nuggets i i still contend 
Uh, now, Bradley Beal has said that he doesn't want to be moved or that he would prefer to stay in, in Washington or whatever the phrasing of that was. But I would still like to see. Denver Are we buying that? No, <laughs> me neither. Like, I mean, look, no. <laughs> here's the thing. I and mean, he's looked miserable. It almost looked like he's tried to make points. I think Bradley Beal's a good dude, whatever he wants, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like there are scenarios where players, you know, have kind of given enough for, or, or this or that, and he's probably in it. And as long as you continue to play hard and show up and look, he's putting up, he's leading the NBA in scoring. As long as you continue to do those by a lot, <laughs> then, you know, I tend to say, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, <laughs> you let ownership know and management know what your desire is behind the closed doors. Don't make it a public fiasco and boom, I think you're golden. Yeah, I, f- I forget what the exact phrasing of it was. It was something like, you know, Bradley Beal is happy in Washington, right? But that can change. And then if he gets traded, I'm 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 sure he wouldn't be like, no, why did you? <laughs> right. I don't want to be on a winning team. This sucks. Uh, right. But anyway, so th- apart from the you know from from the aspect of this, where both teams are going to change potentially significantly over the course of of the season, how big a loss is it? for this matchup as the two teams are constituted right now to not have Jeremy Grant? Well, I think it's a pretty big loss. Jeremy did a really good, nice job. I thought guarding LeBron James and LeBron still was phenomenal. He was still the best player in that series. Um, But, you know, just having a guy that can maybe make it five or 10% more difficult is key. And I don't think Denver has that right now especially without Gary Harris and PJ Dozier, Denver's first two, probably their two best perimeter defenders are out. I don't know if you knew that with injury, they've been out um, now for a couple of games. So, you know, that, that adds a whole other layer of wrinkle to it, but Denver, you look at who's likely to start tomorrow. And I, this is actually a big question for Denver. I think Monte Morris and Will Barton will start at the two and the three. Will Barton is 200 pounds, you know, maybe 210 pounds, but he's just so much smaller than LeBron that to say mm-hmm. like, okay, that's your responsibility. That's not going to cut it. Or do you start Michael Porter and put him out there and say, okay, Michael Porter already, I think he's better defensively than people have given him credit for, but you know, his, his misses, his bad plays are really bad, but still guarding LeBron James. Yeah. He's not ready for that. He's still very much a, an entry level defender, not ready for that final boss. So Denver doesn't really have a guy in this game, but I think even when you look to the playoffs, if Denver doesn't make a trade at the trade deadline, I do look at that specific matchup and say, nobody stops LeBron, but Denver really is going to make things easy for him. My last question before we move on to the Lakers aspect of this is what kind of season is Jamal Murray having, right? Because mm. we were thinking after that, that postseason that he had, that was going to launch him into superstardom, at least stardom, right? Right. And, and uh, it has seemed from the outside looking in that he hasn't quite played up to that level. And, and, and to start the year, he was significantly below that level. So where, where's he at now? I think you can look at this from a couple different angles and, and kind of see what you want in Jamal Murray's season so far. But the bottom line statistically is that his numbers are identical to what they've been the last three years, almost identical. Same number of field goal attempts, same percentage, same rebounds, same assists, everything is the same. And you look at that and you think, well, bubble Murray in the playoffs was significantly better than regular season Murray. Here we are back to regular season and we're getting regular season Murray again. And so I think you look at that and go, okay, the, the, noteworthy that he doesn't seem to be at that same level he he had been at in the bubble. But the other thing, and I think more important to me than the per-game production is just the consistency. Murray's now in his fifth season, and with any young guards, the difference, I think, between 
you know, them being good young prospects and then taking that leap to being all-stars is the ability to impact the game every single night and every single quarter and every single minute. And I think that's the thing with Jamal Murray. He's had moments in this regular season where he's been the best player on the court for an entire half, maybe three quarters of a game. But it just seems to be still very up and down where his bad quarters and bad games, you almost forget he's out there. Um, So that's the thing with Murray that I think is a little disappointing this year is, he doesn't look consistently like an all-star player just some of the time. Is he, is he on an uptick? Is he, do you, do so you he's see... been banged up. So one of the things yeah. about him, and this is why I give him a bit of a pass is he's had a bunch of different, not, they weren't, they're not injuries, just bumps and bruises that just when you're enough. a guard, you're, yeah. When you're that size and you're asked to carry that big of a, uh, of a workload that I, th- I think it makes it tough. So right now he's dealing with a shoulder injuries had his shoulder taped been wearing a, sh- a shooting shirt underneath and, and different things and you could tell it's bothering him i think it's part of why he's passed up a lot of shots over the last few games he had an elbow injury the other day he hit, landed on his hip really un- really poorly and started walking with a limp so he just it's just a bunch of little things like that that aren't injuries but it, it looks like it zapped his burst a little bit but the thing that we should talk about before we go to the Lakers side of this that i think is the one thing that i think is makes this game more interesting than just any other game. Cause I actually do think it's mostly any other game for both teams. But the one thing that I'm, I am looking for, Jokic is at such a different level than I've ever seen. He's averaging 27 points per game. He's never averaged more than 20, I think 21 last year, roughly. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I thought 27 was out of the question. He's aggressive. He's skinnier than ever. He's mobile. He's confident. He's going at guys. And I've always said the one guy he hasn't sort of had his way with consistently in the NBA yet is Anthony Davis, who's just a little bit more long, a little bit more mobile and, you know, skilled. So that's the one guy. And I don't think Jokic has been bad against Anthony Davis. Like he's also, they, he just hasn't been dominant the way he is against say a Rudy Gobert or some of the Mm -hmm. other high name players. So I am curious to see just that matchup, even though I don't, I'm not sure if those guys are going to be guarding each other one-on-one like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I'm, but I am curious to see how the, that equation works out, and if Jokic is aggressive against him, if he seems to have figured something out, and then of course you mentioned Montrez Harrell, Marcus Hall, the new pieces. Dwight Howard gave Jokic a hard time in large part because he kept fouling Jokic out of the games, and I'm curious to see if the dynamic is the same, lesser impact, greater impact, with completely different types of defenders in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm obviously very nervous to play, you know, going against Jokic because of how well he's playing. The guy that, the, the, the kind of X factor in here, and we kind of touched on him earlier, was Michael Porter Jr. He's like the exact type of player who gives the Lakers problems on defense, like the exact player. Springy, can shoot. He's already scoring really efficiently. Uh, we saw what Tobias Harris did to the Lakers, hit that game winner and, and, and look very comfortable throughout the game. And I think Michael Porter Jr. is like a, a better scoring version of, of Tobias Harris. And so, so is, that, is that a matchup? Will, will, will MPJ get enough opportunity to really give the Lakers as big a problem as he can? You never know. I mean, he scores as quickly as anybody in the NBA. I mean, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, like when he gets going three, four threes in a row is not out of the question with him. And so the thing with Michael Porter has been, he hasn't really fully integrated himself into the flow of the offense just yet. That's obviously going to be a work in progress. He's still, his learning curve is still very steep. And then on the defensive end, you know, he's a tendency to be a high mistake guy, even though I think those mistakes can be overstated when they do happen, they're egregious. 
And so he's a guy that if he has an A-plus game, we're talking 30 points. If he has a, a D-minus game, we're talking 4 points, 7 points, 10 points. And so he's <laughs> and just such a high-variable player right now because he's still figuring out who and what he is. Interesting. All right, let's take a quick second here. When we come back, uh, we'll have Adam pick my brain about the uh, matchup from from Nuggets' perspective looking at the Lakers and what the Literally Lakers Literally nothing I want to know about the Lakers, but I'll ask you questions anyway. <laughs> One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage and food, video games, whatever else you want to spend your money on. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store uh, or advanced, you know, one of the one of those big auto places when you can go to rockauto.com right now and save. Um, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com has one solid price for everybody. No matter who's checking it out, you'll always get that low, low price. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Um, and then in the how did you hear about us section, you can go ahead and write locked on so they know that we are the ones that sent you over there. If you're buying a lot of auto parts or even if you just have a small project, got to replace a headlight, whatever, go to RockAuto.com. All right, so I've I've carved out you know the rest of my afternoon. So ask away, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious because this season has been so weird and 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 so wonky. And I know I think the Nuggets and Lakers are now separated by one game in the standings. Which, yeah. I mean, all the way up until this point, you, people talk about the NBA standings as if you know, oh my God, these outlier. You know, no, like this season's going to be up and down. I think the whole way through. So mm-hmm. actually, it's two games. It's two. It's a healthy two games. Um, Lakers have played two more games than the Nuggets too. Somehow that's crazy. Um, they haven't had any postponements. You guys just had one. Well, I guess that's true. We did just have just have one. And then I saw on our ske- on the schedule for Denver. I think they play every other day or more all the way up until the, the end of February oh or gosh. something like that. Like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. So they're or, uh, it, it's going to be a, a little bit of a run here where they they don't get a rest. But um, starting with Thursday's game. But I'm just curious if you feel like this game has any extra meaning based on the fact that they met in the Western Conference Finals or not. I've been, I was, this was actually one of the things I was thinking about heading into this conversation was like, is this, is this Clippers, Lakers? Is this, it isn't Celtics, Lakers, you know, it, but, but it's not even like, I, it kind of feels like if the Lakers were to see the Heat again, you know, mm-hmm. they saw, they met each other in the finals, but, I don't think either team particularly cares much about the other one. Right. Um, and and this, that goes both ways. Like, I don't think, you know, most teams get up to play the Lakers, but I don't think like Jokic had it circled. I don't think he really circles games unless it's like against. It definitely does not. <laughs> I don't think he learns about games until like the morning. Of. He's like, oh, this is he who gets, we're playing? He All gets right. to shoot around and it's like, oh, okay. All right, Lakers, huh? All right, that's the uniform they're wearing. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't I don't know that it's it, it means anything more. I do think like the thing that I'm kind of keeping my eye on, the Lakers are just coming off of this long road trip. And we saw them not necessarily struggle with, but you know, that, that Hawks game was closer than it would normally be in a vacuum. Right. Mm. And, and I think with the Lakers playing their first game after being on that long road trip and that first home game afterward can be kind of a slog. Um, 
and then and then on top of that, the Lakers just haven't been very good at home this year anyway. And and so I, I think those those things are going to be factors here. Uh, but but I'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll be interested to see how AD handles this because, like in terms of big matchups to this point, it hasn't really been. You know, a lot of the major matchups that he's had have actually kind of had their way with Anthony Davis to this point in the season. Uh, he's had good games. Don't get me wrong. Chicago, he played, you know, scored 37 points through three quarters uh, against Boston. He had 20 and 10 before halftime. But, you know, Giannis really took it to him. Embiid kind of took it to him. And and I'll be curious to see, like, is, is that trend going to continue here with Jokic in those moments where they're up against each other? Yeah. It will be interesting. How much does he play center right now? He, I mean, it, he plays down the stretch. He, he plays center down the stretch. So you got about, you know, five minutes there in close games and then maybe three, four minutes on either side of the half. Okay. Maybe yeah. uh, Marcus Saul is playing about 20 minutes a game. The thing that the Lakers are doing that's frankly maddening is they're <laughs> that even when in moments where, AD and Montrez Harrell are on the court together. Harrell is actually guarding the bigger player and, mm, and AD right. is out there on the perimeter. And I just, I don't, I don't think that's really benefited either player particularly much. Uh, so if that trend continues, you're still looking at, you know, tops eight minutes or so. You, Utah tried to do that by the way. Um, this last game, Denver played Utah and broke mm-hmm. their 11 game win streak. Denver, Utah got a little cute and tried Bogdanovich on Jokic and then having Rudy Gobert is just a help side guy. And one of the things that's interesting about that is one, well, I mean, Jokic obviously went for 47 points, 33, 33 points in the first half, 22 in the first quarter. So the, the strategy <laughs> as a one-on-one strategy didn't really work. But then what was interesting was Jokic didn't just go down to the post and post up Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. He put him in pick and rolls as well. He was out on the perimeter, knocking down three-pointer. Like they, they emphasized going inside when they had an opportunity, but they didn't just solely do it. And so I'm curious with that, if the Lakers are a different beast and Anthony Davis a little bit more even mobile. And then also it should be noted, Denver shot 64% from three in that game against Utah. That also contributed to their 20 point win. But I, I am curious if, if the Lakers try that, if Jokic would have similar success, because we saw in the playoffs, what happens when you try to guard him with Montrezl, that Jokic, Jokic was very comfortable with that one-on-one matchup. Does Jokic care about the MVP? Like, is that something that he, he, he really deeply wants? I think more than people let on. I think it's like, yeah, he would. He, I, I've, I've told people this all the time. I think some uh, there was an awakening in Jokic within the last year and a half, it, maybe two years. It's kind of started, mm-hmm. but it, in earnest over the last year or so, where he's been good, and I think he's kind of been like, "This is awesome. I'm good at basketball. Like, I'm great even at this level." But I think there's been this extra motivation of like, "Wow, I'm actually closer to being the best, you know, in the league or the MVP or uh, the, uh, you know." competing with the LeBrons and Anthony Davis of the worlds than maybe he ever realized. And then once he got to that level, it became, okay, I'm close enough. I, I, I owe it to myself to try to see if I can do it. And so I think over the last year, Jokic has become extra motivated, not so much in about awards because we know he doesn't like attention, but I think more just in like for himself, I think it's meaningful that he compares himself to LeBron and to Anthony Davis because he wants to be as good as those guys or better. Yeah. I, I saw his quote about the all-star game and that, that struck me as interesting, right? Because he, he also tied it back to his Serbian roots and saying right. that it would, oh, it, would be absolutely. Im- it would be important for him to represent his country in that game and his city in that game. 
And he, he realizes he's repre- he's a representative of a lot of different things. Europe, yeah. Europeans, big men, you know, mm-hmm. Serbians, all that. Yeah, that the, the reason I ask is because like it's it's been it's been a trend that Pete and I have talked about on this show quite a bit is this notion that AD I put money down on him as an MVP candidate. I think he was like twelve to twelve to one, and I put like ten bucks down. So I said, well. It, that seems like good value. And then he came into the season and he didn't look like he particularly cared about it all that much. Now he's picked right. things up a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, he's had those couple big games. I'm, I'm curious though, like if, if Jokic really starts the game by they maybe not, even if it isn't head to head, just like outshining him period at a similar position, position, if that's something that either of those players really take personally, it, it, it I hope they do. I, I enjoy basketball a lot the, the, more when, when those when, matchups care. The thing is when usually when you say that, what you think of is like scoring. And I don't think Jokic is ever going to try to score no, yeah. more than what presents it. I just think that will he approach this game with focus and, and these types of things for sure. But if they're going to double him, he's going to pass. If they're going to single cover him, he's going to score. He's going to try to score. So, I, I, but I, I don't know that his stats will pop off any differently than what, what they usually do. I just think he's been engaged this year. He has not taken a game off physically or mentally like you know in years past Jokic has had maybe every it's not often but maybe every 10th 11th 12th game you could be like yeah Jokic just didn't feel like it's now he looks tired or he looks annoyed or he looks frustrated mm-hmm. he hasn't had any of those he's kind of like no matter how frustrated he's been you could tell he comes back in in the fourth quarter no matter what and goes for it as hard as he can and it's been cool to see that that level of acceptance of that responsibility you know, I've noticed that on Locked On NBA, you haven't taken this <laughs> show off. It's been it's been interesting. All right, let's take one more second here. When we come back, I want to took I want to broaden the spectrum here a little bit and look at the direction that both these teams, you know, seem to be heading in. All right, Locked On Nuggets listeners, the Super Bowl is this weekend, and it's the best time of the year to get some bets in. Betting on the Super Bowl is the most fun thing you can do, especially now kind of want both teams to lose you might as well throw some bets down so at least you feel like you get a win out of it and i know that you're ready for the football for the big game and you want to place those bets so go right now to betonline.ag sign up for a free account you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts and don't forget to check them out on social media on twitter at betonline underscore ag they're always posting promotional uh, codes and events and different things that you can do to sign up and, and take advantage of special offers. Um, and when you do sign up, when you go there and sign up for your free account, you're going to write "locked on" uh, in the uh, promo code section there, and you're going to get a sign up bonus. So check them out, BetOnline.ag, and this is a great week to get in with the Super Bowl and all the fun bets you can place. Also, I want to tell you guys about CBDMD.com. You guys know getting a good night of sleep is so important. I'm not a great sleeper because I'm such a, a night person. Traditionally, I've had a hard time going to bed, but when we got the shipment, they always send us little test products of these CBD you know, sleep aids. They're fantastic. Their CBD uh, blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid that's safe uh and they're fantastic coming like a little gummy form and they're just a really cool part if you're a person that maybe has a hard time sleeping or is wanting to make sure that you get the most of your sleep we don't always get eight hours seven hours six hours you want to make the most of that sleep and you want to go to it also this is anecdotal but since taking these i've been like having 
actual dreams. I feel like it's been a long time since I've had like real night's sleep with real dreams. So I guess that's a real positive. To make things even better, to get uh, the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners, Locked On Nuggets listeners, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. So once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Not just the sleep aid stuff. They've got other things as well. That's just the one I'm most familiar with. So you're going to want to check them out, cbdmd.com. So you always – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, before we get started, though, can I just ask you what beats the Lakers? Like, where are they vulnerable? What what, what type of team or type of player seems to give them problems this year? Well, those big wings, right? We saw it with Tobias oh, Harris. Well. We saw <laughs> we saw, we saw, saw it with the, the Boston Celtics wings, right? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both had pretty good games against the Lakers. Uh, I'm, <laughs> it terrifies me to think what Kevin Durant might do. <laughs> yeah. uh, given the season that he's had to this point, Giannis didn't. Uh, Giannis was a little bit more frustrated more often against the Lakers. Uh, I think the fact that he just still can't shoot, uh, you know, without it looking really clunky, I think that helps the Lakers. But MPJ, like if he if he hits one of those streaks, if he gets into a rhythm, that's something that you know could really swing this this matchup. It, not just in this game, but but over the course of a series, like that's if I'm if I'm a Nuggets fan, the thing that I'm paying the absolute most attention to this year, on top of Jokic having this MVP type season, is is MPJ's development because that that you know what that might mean for the Lakers. We saw it last year in the in the series that Jeremy Grant had against the Lakers too. That you know in games that he played really well, and those tended to be the ones that that Denver really pushed the Lakers in. So that's. Those are the type of players that the, the team that's reliant on those type of players. Th- those are the ones that really give the Lakers problems. Did you Michael Green guard Anthony Davis at all last year in the Lakers Clippers matchups? And how did that go from your memory? Some, I always thought like every time I watched Michael Green, I think that he should be playing more. Um, <laughs> like yeah, every yeah. time I see him play, it is weird I, that he's like a 25 minute per game player. Cause yeah, he yeah. seems to be good enough to be a 30 minute per game player. Yeah. Every, every, with every team that he's been on, right. Cause he was with, oh. did he start with Memphis? I think he started with Memphis. Yeah. Well, I think he was drafted, I believe by San Antonio, but played with Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in Memphis, I liked him there. And then when he went to the Clippers, I really liked him there. Uh, he ran into that kind of minutes crunch with Montrez and with Zubots there. And, and that really kind of got in the way, but the, the thing that he did that gave the Lakers problems as they were constructed last year was he stretched them out and right. Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee didn't want to go out and, and pay attention to him out there. And uh, you know, that's one thing that if, if Jokic is being aggressive and taking three pointers when they're presented to him and he forces Gasol out onto the perimeter, that's when you might actually start to see some of AD go out to try to, you know, that's when you might see the switch is forced on the Lakers to where AD now has to guard Jokic because Gasol doesn't want to go out that far onto the perimeter. Right. And then, and then like, you know, if, if there are any minutes where, where Montrezl Harrell has to guard Jokic, it's just, they, those, those are going to be ugly minutes. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I, from, from like a defensive perspective, no, I like he never really bothered him. Uh, it was it's tough because AD was so different in the postseason than he was in the regular season, especially against the Clippers. He was shooting so well in the bubble that it didn't matter who was really guarding him, and he shot the ball pretty well so far this season in the mid range and stuff. 
Jermichael Green is not tall enough to really bother him. Okay. I think you guys might miss Plumley in this in this matchup quite a bit. Interesting, interesting. He, I think he hurt the Lakers with offensive boards and and just being big enough to 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 get up and contest AD. Yeah. The Nuggets brought in Isaiah Hartenstein, and he played well and then just stopped playing. So I'm, I'm really curious if he's just not a guy Malone trusts at all. What, um, what, what would you consider a successful season for Denver? You're talking into the postseason as well? Yeah, just, you know, I do, they, ask do they have question. to improve on – do they have to, like, match last year's Western Conference run? Do they have to improve on it? Like, what, what are you looking at there? I, I get asked this one a lot because the Nuggets every year have gotten better and gone further. And now going further would mean making it to the finals. And I think if you just look at that, you'd say, okay, is it disappointing if they don't do that? I don't know because I don't think anybody's predicting them, myself included, to go that far. But um, for me, it was always about growth. And it's always about the Nuggets moving towards something. And this year, the clearest way for that to take place is with Michael Porter Jr. becoming a part of the team. It really does feel like the Nuggets are a band and they've got this one soloist who's really great, but he just doesn't mm-hmm. play the same genre of music. And they're like, okay, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out how to clock, how to blend these two. And you need to kind of play our style over here a little, you know, the blending needs to happen with you a little bit more than with us. And so that's always been, a, I think if you get to the end of the year, even if you lose in the second round, say, but you know, you look at it and you go, you know what, starting the season next year, Michael Porter Jr. is in, he's got it. He's part of the team. They all get it. That's, that's it. Then I, and then I think that's, that would still be a win. So those things, I look at Jokic, I am, you know, me, I'm his biggest supporter. I never would have thought he'd average 27 points per game in any, any season. And that might drop still, but the fact that he is now looking like not just an all around player, but also a guy that can be a top 10 scorer in the NBA that, that just makes me think, Oh, okay. Denver, you know, maybe their ceiling is even higher just with him because he's capable of being the number one scorer in a playoff series with other great players, not just all, the best all around or whatever. So those things are, I think it's just more about growth for the Nuggets. Have you seen anything from them? Like, let's say the Lakers and Nuggets meet again, whether it's in the first or it won't be in the first round, but in the second round or in the Western Conference finals. Sure. Uh, if they push the Lakers further, I believe the, the the series went what five games? Five, yeah, five, five games. games. So would you would you have you seen anything from the Nuggets to make you think that they would push the Lakers further than they did last year? Well, I mean, last year Anthony Davis hits that game winner, right? That mm-hmm. that was one of the games that goes that way. And I think all the others except for the final closeout game were all if you just paused it with five minutes to go, you'd say okay, game's in, in balance. So I don't I don't know. Like I you can get I think you can make yourself. I think you can fool yourself when you start going, well, they got to take them to six or seven, because yeah. I don't know if that's real progress or if that just means the ball bounced. Like this, in one game. <laughs> you win yeah. an extra game, but you get blown out in that six game. Exactly. Like what's in hand, one hand out the other. So um, I, it really is just about Denver. I mean, last year, what was so the defining trait of last year was that Jamal Murray for the first time played like a superstar, not just a star, but he played inside the playoffs like a superstar. So that was, again, I look back and I go, no matter what else happened, that's forward progress. The Nuggets getting Michael Porter Jr. would be, you know, into the offense would be forward progress. And whatever the season finishes as, to me, that's how you'd grade success or failure. It's interesting. I like this matchup a lot. I, I, it's, it's kind of a bummer that I don't think either team really cares about the other. Well, they play yet. each other twice in a week and a half. I think they play again on Valentine's yeah. Day. So I can't believe. Uh, as hard as I try, I, you're always my Valentine, Anthony. I try to get, I try to get with the family. I got, I got yeah. the daughters, I got the wife. But no, Valentine's Day, 
It's always me and you together. Do you, do you want the, the heart shaped chocolate chip cookie this year? Do you want do, do, do you <laughs> some prefer flowers, flowers would be nice? Okay, you some want... flowers would be nice. Woodward's you know, they the do say give people flowers. their flowers. <laughs> I, I do often hear on Twitter that Adam Modest deserves his flowers. We need to give Adam Modest his flowers or, or, <laughs> sooner rather than later. So I'll send you, I'll send you a single red rose. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for this now super weird episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. Check out Lockdown NBA, though, Friday after the game. Yes. So it's a TNT marquee game. All eyes will be on it. You're going to want to hear from the experts. That's me. And well, that's me. You'll hear from me and Anthony. It'll be, you guys can hear from one expert and Anthony on the game. <laughs> Honestly, I, it's not even all that untrue. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for this, though. Both teams have plenty of rest. There's no reason why they wouldn't care about it other than it's one of 72. But, but right, right, right. you know, I, I just I, I hope that we get to see, you know, I both think it'll teams, be a good game. at least like a, a B-plus game from both teams. That's what I would like to see. We might even see Bowl Bowl. You never know. <laughs> a Bowl-plus game? <laughs> <laughs> we might get it. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Make somebody else's. And Pete and I will talk to you tomorrow.